Hello, everyone, and welcome to Three Speech, the podcast that also follows the rule of three. It's two friends, three topics, and unlimited pop culture. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your host, Alin. And on today's show, we've got the horror movie that shouldn't would be what I'm hearing about. Alin's going to tell us more about that. It's called Malignant. We have Netflix attempting to regender every action movie ever made. This month's flavor is called Kate. And we have perhaps one of the best video games I have ever played in my life. And I needed it as a palate cleanser after 12 minutes. It's called The Forgotten City. Wow. So, yeah. It's no, good. I'm sorry. Like, I am, <laughs> I am shocked at that rousing endorsement. Like, you know, most gamers will tell you that they will they will label their like favorite games in in different categories, you know, like and and the way I've always done it is how I look at indie games versus like big budget games. You know, it'd be like the difference between seeing Shang-Chi versus the Green Knight. You know, you mm-hmm. you look at them differently because you know that it was a different process to make them. This would probably be the one of the best indie games I've ever played. It wasn't it was made by three dudes. Ooh. Like that's that's it. And I know their names. I should say all their names and then just send the podcast to them and they'll be you like, You should my, my names. Like You should. I I did that for Cody Rigsby and he hasn't gotten back to me and that my, jerk. I have yet to take a Cody Rigsby class because it breaks my heart because I'm like he does he's rejected me. Wow. Uh, <laughs> He doesn't deserve you. You are so much better than that. Thank you. Thank you. I do hope he gets better. I don't know if you've been seeing the Dancing with the Stars nonsense that's been going on. I know it's probably not on your radar. Oh, no. It's no. Is it bad? Is the, it, Did well, they fall? No. Um, in the newest episode of COVID Ruins Everything. Oh, God. Cody's dance partner, Cheryl Burke, uh, tested positive for COVID, a a breakthrough infection. Uh, She is vaccinated. He later tested positive. They couldn't enter the dance floor and they couldn't compete. So they had to use footage from a rehearsal. And they're still quarantined, you know, there's because it airs every week. So they would be quarantined for another seven days. So they had to do this weird split screen performance with each other. It was very, it was, it was odd. It, they did the best that they could under the circumstances. I'm not a dance expert, but I was like blown away um, by the fact that they could synchronize that well. And it's just a very, very strange, uh, you know, type of competition because it's like, oh, yeah, what do we do if people get COVID? Because it's not like, remember the NBA and NHL bubble where everyone yeah. had to stay? It's not mm-hmm. that like they're they're just not doing that. And um, so it will be interesting to see what happens this week when they're finally able to to compete with everyone else. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been weird. And it made me sad because it was Britney Spears week and Britney is Cody's God. So I really wanted to see him <laughs> perform uh to britney and he of course he did but he did it from his apartment so that's right. like diff- that's different i'm sure it wasn't the same for anyone exactly so that's Included. i mean that's that's the scoop from dancing with the stars or the five hmm. minutes of dancing with the stars that i watched fair enough um we do have a few like corrections and updates here um based on last week's episode I know the first one was that we were so confused why the new Halloween movie was at the Venice Film Festival. And then you figured it out later. Do you remember what you told me? 
Yes, it is. Actually, I should say it's a uh, a listener critic that we have. Is that oh, something boy. that we can say? We barely um, have any listeners at all. They're uh, all going to be critics at this point. So, it's, yeah, that's how accessible we are. You call us up, oh, we will take it and we will correct it. But the reason that and uh, that Jamie Lee Curtis was at the Venice Film Festival is she won a Lifetime Achievement Award for her entire career, everything that she's done. Obviously, she's best known for being in the Halloween series, but she has been in, uh, you know, a lot of other films. And this is a way for them to say, we respect you. You've given us so many movies. And now here it is. We're going to give you a gift that celebrates your career. So that's why she was there. And that's why Halloween Kills was screened. Fair enough. Also, I feel like this is almost a Jamie was right moment, except I had no idea I was right. Um, But last week we were talking about the what if with the zombies and how that was like our favorite one. And I swear one of us said, and I can't remember if it was you or me, but said, that that should be a live action movie. Like we'd want to see it if the what if with zombies went live action. Turns out the what if with zombies might actually be going live action. So there was this rumor that's now going around that a live action Marvel zombies project may already be in development. So like I said, it's a rumor, but it was so weird that I saw the article like literally – I think it was two days after oh, we recorded. I, I think it was even like less time. I feel yeah, like it might we have re- been. I feel like we recorded and then a few hours later <laughs> yeah. you were like, look at this. Mm-hmm. And if we knew how to record better, we could have gone back and edited, but no. no. We're telling you now. Mm-hmm. That's just how we work here. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was I felt like it was closer in time and it was like, wow. We know things. We know how things should work. We know mm-hmm. what's good, and it. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I think that could be a very interesting, strange little bird. Um, so like I said, it's a rumor, but it's the potential to be a really cool rumor if that's true. Right. So we'll see. Um, but I thought it was pretty cool that it like the article was literally, you know, right after we just talked about it, it was like rumor live action zombies. I was like, what? It's <laughs> somebody's listening to the podcast. <laughs> it's like, ooh, we have a direct line. Yeah, I know. Right? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, that was uh, actually the first of our little three was to talk about live action zombies and how excited I was to it. We have some very mini little threes this week, but that's mini, totally mini. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, second one is, uh, some weird Saturday Night Live development that you wanted to bring up. I did. So Saturday Night Live kicked off its new season last week, uh, on October 2nd. Look at that, me subtracting. Um, October 2nd, first time host Owen Wilson. Um. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he looked like he was having fun with it. Uh, He was compared to having the personality of a Labrador retriever, and he was okay with that. Hey, that Um, sounds great to me. So he had a great monologue. It was good. But Saturday Night Live likes to announce its, its hosts in batches. So after Owen Wilson, this coming Saturday, or maybe the Saturday after, depending on when you're listening to it, October 9th, Kim Kardashian is hosting Saturday Night Live, and 
I'm like Peter Griffin in Family Guy because this really grinds my gears yeah. that that she's hosting for so many reasons. And it's because she has no talent or skills. This is just another one of those rich people getting things they don't deserve kind of thing. Right. And it's it bothers me because for those of you who didn't live in the the generation without the Kardashians because they've been on the air. The show's been on the air for I, I want to say like at least 10, 15 years. I could be oh wrong. Oh my God. <laughs> There's and now you're getting the second generation with the Jenners because they're models and quote unquote entrepreneurs. Oh, but sure. Yeah. And let's not forget that Kim Kardashian started out as Paris Hilton's assistant. Mm-hmm. She had the, some could say, and I'm doing it in quotations, misfortune of having a personal tape um, stolen and sold so you could watch her and her hey, boyfriend at the time. There's no such thing as bad pl- publicity, apparently. Well, that's what her mom said because her oh. mom capitalized on Oh my God! It is. Kim Kardashian is known for having a sex tape. Her mother said, "Hey, if this is out there, let's at least make some money off of it." And thus, the Kardashian dynasty was born. Wow, what a legacy! That something is, to be proud of. It's something, you know. It's. Wow. wow. But, <laughs> <laughs> so that's Ooh. what that's what upsets me. Like I know we've talked about Elon Musk. Yeah. And him hosting as a horrible as a human being as he is, he does have some talent. He you know, he I'm not going to say he's a visionary, but he does have a particular mind that likes to invent things. So there's a contribution to society. Kim Kardashian is not an actress. She's not a singer. She's just one of these public figures where you have to be like why who is she why is she famous and yeah and the 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 other reason it bothers me and I discussed this with Jamie is because she thought she could just take the California bar without going to law school for for three years did she actually do that no she it was too hard oh okay good she's she studied for it and it was too hard it's uh-huh. meant to be hard. Yeah. It, it's so that people like you don't practice law. That's the it, whole point. Exactly. And it's um, it's a weird loophole. No, I'm not going to say a loophole, but it's a weird aspect of California law that you can, if you're sponsored by an attorney, you can take the bar without going to law school. So did she just buy an attorney? I She must have. It's so weird. So I mean, she's less, probably got one on retainers. So it's true. Knows. It's true. And like less than 1% of people who do that pass. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That That's actually kind of comforting. It, yeah. So. so it must have been, I'm thinking it was probably something like back in the 1800s. Where one of like, those laws. Yeah. One of those laws like, oh, you don't need to go to school. I'll just teach you like almost like an apprenticeship. Women's socks shall always be above the knee. And <laughs> if an attorney sponsors you, you may take the bar in California. Like those there, I yeah. shall decree it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she was like, oh, it's hard. It's hard even if you've gone to law school. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I know, it's like what you said. It's a an example of a celebrity just yeah. 
doing what they want and getting what they want. And I'm just very glad she did not take the test and did not pass the bar because it's like she woke up one morning and was like, I think I'm going to be an attorney. Yeah. No, that's exactly what happened. I'm sure of it. I mean, I took the GRE and that's nowhere near the bar. And I thought I was going to die. So I, I can't even imagine. I was going to take the GRE at some point and I did like the math and I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> I know. They send you the list of reading material material, and you're like, this is a library. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm just like, what is this? And what does this have to do if I wanted to get a master's in public administration? What does yeah. it have to do with anything? Yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, wow. Okay. Well, all of that is excellent. Good. Yes. Um, so we'll see how she does then. This will probably be an update next, not next show, but maybe the show after if, if yes, we need to. Yes, because yeah. we'll remind you that we're having a very spooky. It's spooky time. Spooky time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so next show will be spooky time. All right, one more little three. Um, I've got some Netflix news. Um, I No, I don't know how I feel about this, but Netflix does their like yearly event. I don't know what you want to call it. A conference, a get together, a soiree. It's, um, it's called the, and I had to look this up. It's I called Tadum. <laughs> and you know, it's this, it's allegedly it's the, the sound. sound. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's the sound that went, that, that the Netflix makes when you open the app and it goes, Tadum. Tadum. And that's the sound. And that's what they name their event. And I don't know if that's clever or horrible. I haven't quite decided. It, yeah. It was one of those things. I was like, what is this name? I don't, am I supposed to know what it stands for? Right. <laughs> like, is this an acronym? Like. Today, underwear, uh, doesn't, yeah. I don't know. But um, like the ultimate I digital, <laughs> I don't, I don't oh, know. You're I way better than me at this. So, so, um, so here's some of the dumb news that, you know, sort of jumped out at me. Um, first of all, they did a clip from Red Notice, which is, I guess, going to be a big deal. It's the Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, Dwayne Johnson explosion fest. So um, it's called Red Notice. So you can watch a trailer on that. They did another Stranger Things 4 trailer or teaser. So you've got that coming out soon. You had a a first look at a documentary about Kanye West, if anyone's interested in that kind of thing. Sorry. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, he's he's another person. Yep. You say no more. Uh, You had a um, fourth season for a show called Sex Education, which I guess is pretty big. I've not seen a single episode of this, but if it's got four seasons on Netflix, then it's got to be something doing something. I've heard very good things about it. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched it myself. I know it's on like a list for me to watch when I reach the end of Netflix again. Right. You're right. Right. So um, maybe more apt um, is the second season of Bridgerton, which I know a lot of people. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. Have you seen the? I did. That was um, that was one of those shows that came out at the beginning of the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. I didn't watch it initially, but I kind of waited and watched it. It's, you know, it's your standard sort of soap opera type romance novel. It's fun. You it's know. fine. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's back with the second season, which you kind of knew was going to happen because it's based on a book series. I don't know how many there are, mm-hmm. but well, she better get to writing. I know. Keep those Netflix dollars rolling. That's in. right. Mm-hmm. Um, More exciting for me. I got a first look at Sandman, which I will admit looks unbelievably good. Um, Ooh. It's shot for shot right out of the comic. And the guy they got to play dream 
he looks identical to him. I don't know where they found this dude, but I was like, whoa. That's um, cool. Yeah, and Neil Gaiman is m- much involved, so uh, I think he was there to cast people even. So he's been very, very involved in this, and I have very high hopes that Sandman will be good. Um, and I loved that series. It's a really good read. Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to that one. Um, and then the other thing that they, um, well, there's a, a bunch more on here. They have the trailer for the Army of the Dead sequel that nobody asked for. about. The- also... I not to interrupt, but that's mm-hmm. coming out like at the end of November, and I was like, "When they did push they push that out real fast?" Yeah, they? that's why I'm like, "What? Mm-hmm. How? How quickly did they film this?" I don't know if they filmed them simultaneously or what. I mean, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised because it was so fast. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's gonna it's gonna hit October 29th. I thought it was November. It's even earlier. Wow. Yeah. They. Wow. So they wow. probably. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm going to have to practice. That's going to be you. (laughs) Oh, I love the Owen Wilson. Wow. I've seen those, uh, those videos on YouTube with him just doing it like 90 times. They're fantastic. Wow. So, (laughs) um, and then the thing that like really floored me was they released the opening credits for Cowboy Bebop, which, um, did I send this to you to watch? Did you watch this, Alin? No, I didn't. Uh, but I know it's very exciting to, to those it's that so were. Exciting. Yeah, to those <laughs> I have heard from several people, uh, including you, that they are so excited. It looks so good, and they can't wait. Yeah, I mean all those things above. So, um, and I think the the main thing is like in the original anime, the anime itself was part of what made it what it was, was the music. It had such an amazing soundtrack and the soundtrack is so good that it's still good. Um, And I don't even know how old that anime is. It's gotta be at least 20 years old. And you can still listen to that soundtrack and be like, wow, wow, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I think we have to call this episode, wow. Yes, we should. Um, But they got the original composer to come back and do the music for this live action show. And the fact that they went out of their way to do that um, and got, you know, Yoko Kano is just like everybody was really pleased. It it kind of showed that they were really trying, you know what I mean, to get that. They confirmed that we know the music was part of what made this show what it was when it originally came out. And we want to kind of recreate that. So they got got that original composer to come back. And then they kind of did like a shot for shot opening live action that was very stylized like the anime and they used the same opening theme and it just looks really cool and very fun. And yeah, I'm really excited for this one. That's definitely top of my list um, to to watch in November. And then they also did a Witcher clip as well. Another thing I'm very excited about. And they did. They announced that The Witcher was already greenlit for a third season. Yes. And it's funny because they said they weren't going to do that. They said, we're not going to greenlight third season until we see some season two numbers. We need to make sure blah, 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 Netflix. Blah, 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 and then blah. they just it all went out the window. It was like, yep, season three. Well, the, the other thing that I liked looking at it and um, obviously at some point when it comes out, uh, Cobra Kai is going to have, uh, I knew it was going to have a season four, but it has a release date. So it's going to be out at the end of December. Mm-hmm. I'm also excited about uh, Extraction 2 with. Oh, yes. Uh huh. That with Chris Hemsworth. What was really funny to me is if you watch the, the teaser trailer for that, all it is is like the last minute of the first movie and then just showing him living through that scene. 
<laughs> which that that's all you need. Like that yeah, was all you need. So, but uh, I thought that was hilarious. Like it was so ambiguous at the end of the first movie. Did he live? Did he not live? And the the trailer for the sequel was like, oh, he it's lived. Like obviously he lived. Yeah, so funny. And did you see that they're doing a sequel for The Old Guard, the movie with Charlize Theron that we watched? Yeah, that, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. I will definitely take a sequel to that. In fact, I hope the sequel is actually a prequel. I hate to say this, but I hope it goes like into the oh, Crusades. Oh, yeah, I could see that. It could be. I would think that would be very fun. And yeah, the other thing. Oh, I mean, we know Umbrella Academy is coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see there's going to be another Enola Holmes? Yes, and, and and I'm I'm very curious how the Sherlock portrayal will differ between the first movie and the second movie due to that whole uh, copyright snafu. <laughs> like, true. are they are they literally like kind of like poking Henry Cavill with a stick and being like, be meaner, be a jerk, be meaner? Like, <laughs> like are they are they gonna make him like actually be the jerky Sherlock, or are they just gonna have him be the same person and then just deal with the fallout? Hmm. Now, the mm-hmm. one thing I am going to, you know, obviously be upset about is I fell prey to Tiger King, um, mm. another pandemic. Um, oh, oh let me watch this. Oh, they've greenlit a second season, which is no. completely unnecessary. They're not going to capture the magic of that was a once in a lifetime. It would not have been as popular if everyone wasn't trapped into their home, trapped in their homes. Something to be said for the popularity of a show when you literally had to be quarantined in your home in order to watch it. it well, and I mean, it's another one. I don't even know why I, you know, don't relent. But it was like, I don't want to watch this. This looks horrible. And then I saw all the memes and everyone was talking about it. So I said, oh, I'll watch it. And I'm like, this is all of these people are horrible. They're all horrible people. Yeah. And now they're bringing although, them back. Although I will admit to you that memes are a really powerful peer pressure in order to watch stuff because that's what got me into Squid Game. Oh, I know. All the memes. I was like, I need to watch this because there's so many memes. <laughs> there are. And that's the thing. And I kept seeing it pop up because I, I also uh, am watching Squid Game. We're going to talk about it um in our spooky halloween um but yeah it it just kept popping up on like buzzfeed entertainment weekly and i'm just like okay and it was constantly like for you on netflix and it was Mm -hmm. number one all the time and i said you know what there's only nine episodes let me see what this is about completely hooked oh yeah we'll get we'll get into it but for sure it's a peer pressure Oh, it is. Memes are horrible peer pressure. But anyway, wow. Well, that was nice. Okay, so any more Netflix news, or did we hit all the biggies? I think we hit all the biggies. I mean, I'm I'm excited. Um, Yeah, good stuff coming out. Yeah, Um, it really is nice because I can't afford all the streaming services, so it's nice when I'm happy with the ones that I have. (laughs) I know it's so much, and it's it's something where it's like, oh, do you have this? Because there's like one show. That you right. need to that's, get it. That's how Apple is right now with Foundation. Like, I kind of want to watch. But then I didn't hear great things about it either. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm not really missing out. I kind of wanted to see it, but maybe not. I don't know. So I have Apple, and I've been watching Ted Lasso. Amazing. Mm. I got to watch the the second season finale came out today, and I need to watch it. Mm. Still the, the best show. And I 
watch the morning show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon just because it's there. But otherwise, I'm only getting Apple for Ted Lasso. Yeah. Well, watch the first episode of Foundation and tell me if I need to get Tell me if it's good or bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's move into the big three. Um, This one's kind of fun because there's one for you, one for me, and one for both of us. So I like it when that happens. Although I do kind of feel bad because your big three is what I've heard to be, and I believe this is the technical term, terrible crud. Yes. So let's, let's talk about malignant. Is the movie a malignancy? <laughs> yes, yes. The, the, so here's, once again, the preface to it is Malignant is available or was available on HBO Max. I believe at this point it is not available because it's been the past of 30 days. Right, that it, it was in comes theater. and goes and then comes back, right? Yes, it will be back probably in two months. Um but I have made a pact with HBO Max that I would watch every movie that it is releasing. And Malignant looked interesting to me. It's by James Wan. And he's done a, a lot of, you know, horror-based films. He actually um, also, because of his, you know, how well he's done directing horror films, he actually directed Aquaman. So he's one of those directors scooped up from quote unquote, not necessarily obscurity, but um, and and given a big budget. And I believe he's also doing Aquaman, too. Uh So. Malignant, it it stars um, Annabelle Wallace, who. Did you watch Peaky Blinders? No. Okay. So she was the female, one of the female leads in Peaky Blinders. And she was most recently seen in the failed Mummy reboot with Tom Cruise. With Tom Cruise? Yes. Who who was she in that? Uh, She's blonde. I don't know. I didn't see the movie. Yeah, I only saw bits and pieces. And then I was like, oh, look, Tom Cruise. I'm leaving now. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) She's she's an actress, from what I understand. She's been around in in England for a long time. She's well known there. She's more well known here for dating Chris Pine. Um, oh, well, that's a great thing to be known. Yeah. For, so know. I mean, it's well, so, this movie is not going to help her, is it? No, it's not going to help her at all. First of all, she's we- she's a blonde. She's wearing this horrible black wig. Um. It just, it's obviously a wig. I don't know what they spent, but not a lot in that department. And you don't know if the movie's taking itself seriously or not. And then you realize, oh, it is. They're they're treating this as serious because it's honestly something that you would tune into on the sci-fi network on a Saturday night. Sharknado. Yeah, it's it's on that level. But basically, you have uh, Annabelle Wallace. She's playing a woman named Madison. A woman, you say? She's playing a woman. (laughs) It's a huge stretch. (laughs) 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 So it's just, it's a mess. So she starts to experience uh, these waking nightmares. And she feels like she's there. She looks like she, you know, she's there. 
And she's experiencing everything through the eyes of a killer. So she's trying to figure out how, how is this happening? How is she seeing this? Is it that she's the killer? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I have to play the sound. I have not seen this movie. I have to play the sound. But okay, you gotta you have to play the sound, but then I have to explain to you how she's the killer. Okay, 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 okay. Hold on. Hold okay. on. Here we go. I think this is it. Oh wait, wait, wait. I forgot. I turned my speaker down. <laughs> Here we go. Take two. <laughs> Okay, there it is. I'm done now. Go ahead. We did it. All right. So, first of all, you're watching. All right. So, you're watching the movie. You're supposed to feel, and you do feel bad for Madison because she's she's pregnant. She has an abusive husband. Mm-hmm. Um, he knocks her around. I thought you were going to say he knocks her up. And I was like, well, well yeah. Yeah, yeah he, <laughs> he knocks her up and, it, you know, she loses the baby. Oh, God. So it's like they mention in passing that this is like her third or fourth miscarriage. Like she cannot, you know, have she can't carry a child to to term. And your later turns out. um, You find out she's adopted. Okay, and she's adopted. I can't even say it with a straight face. You she, was, don't. <laughs> she was adopted as a child from an insane asylum. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she and, was she was born in an insane asylum? Well, her mother gave her up. Okay. So her mother gave her up, but it turns out. the worse it gets it it really really is so it's like how is she the killer well it turns out that she has a twin brother growing out of the back of her head what wait whoa whoa (laughs) no this is just like like something that she wouldn't you know like see in a mirror well because when her husband knocked her around that last time, he knocked the malignancy, which is her brother, who is a tumor, loose. <laughs> her brother is a tumor. Yes. <laughs> and it, okay. it like flashes back to like them trying to remove the tumor, and it looks like a tiny puppet coming out of the back of her skull. <laughs> <laughs> and when she turns into the killer, she like twists so her back is her you know the her her, her head like twists so she's moving in a way like where her girl leg- from poltergeist or something yes oh wow so like great job there is a contortionist whose name escapes me who plays you know walking around in that manner but they literally like when once it's revealed that she is the killer and the tumor is her and they just like put like a it looks like a fake mask 
when they start to shoot things. Mm-hmm. So like you get the like the the hair that covers the brother's face, which is deformed because he's a tumor, and then the other half is like her face, but it's like a mask of Annabelle Wallace. Oh, um, wow. I don't even know what to do with this. It, I mean, it is so bad. So she's, so, oh, okay. So the contortionist's name is Marina Mazeppa. And Best she, part of the movie, apparently. Yeah, she, because she pulls off fight sequences fighting backwards. Oh, wow. Wow. So You know, I thought it was going to be, a, you know, an interesting take. It's like, oh, what's going to be, what is going to be the reason that she's seeing all of this? Because she's not in the same room. Because I don't ask me how, because her brother can project oh. and like create a, what? like, yeah, he can create like a, an illusion where she thinks she's not there, but she really is. That's the greatest explanation I can give because there's no other, like, explanation for it. This defies all logic. It defies all logic. It is it is the worst movie that I've ever seen. That's a strong statement. Yeah. And it's by someone who, like, he doesn't make... I'm not I don't mean to knock or like great films because I've never made any movie. He's made several. Right. But they're at least entertaining. Yeah. To yeah, some degree. And this was like so once her her brother's name is Gabriel. And once Gabriel is unleashed, he goes after all of the doctors that tried to remove him. Okay. <laughs> so I it, it is so, I mean, I think it would have been funnier if it didn't try to take itself. Right. Yeah. This sounds so, like, this sounds like it would have been a great plot for a scary movie sequel. Do you know, do you remember those movies? Yes. It's, yeah. And it's, I don't know. It's just, that's why I mean, watching a, a, a sci-fi Saturday night movie, that's what it reminds you. Yeah, it does sound like Sharknado. I'm not going to lie. Right. And it's just like, and then we're going to reveal that she's really her brother and her brother's really a tumor that they tried to excise when she was a child. But then she got adopted. But he was always there. Uh-huh. And the the other thing that has no explanation is he can communicate through electricity. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. so he can, he can okay. use cell phones. He uses oh. cell phones. He's able to, like, shut off lights. Uh-huh. Um, when she was a child growing up, mm-hmm. um, he was able to to speak to her through, like, her toy telephone that she had. And but she everyone, doesn't remember any of this? She like, doesn't. She doesn't remember it. She blocked it out. She thought Gabriel was an imaginary friend. Oh, Yes. And it was just everything was one of those moments where it's like she didn't know she was adopted. So when it's revealed she was adopted, her her sister was like, you're adopted. And it was like a silence. And like the detectives like, you are adopted. And I was like, what? I'm like, what is this? Why does that matter? It it was (laughs) just 
it's almost like you're implying you were adopted, therefore you're a killer. Like, like, what's the implication? Why is it such a big deal? Like, it, it, that's what, because at a certain point, I was half paying attention to it. So yeah. I was like, what is the serious look on everyone's faces? And then I realized wow, you made it through this. Like, it was, I'm shocked that you made it all the way to the end. I think I would have bailed. Can I tell you how I made it through? Was it liquor? No, I um I received a Seinfeld Lego set for my birthday, so I was working on my Lego set while I was oh. watching. Were you also eating the cake? I was also eating the cake. I gotta say, I'm so impressed that you polished off that cake. I it was one of those things where I'm like, you know what? It's gonna get eaten one way or another, so let's just do it. It, it might became, as well be me. It became <laughs> this thing where like I knocked it to its side, like. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> point and just just finished it and um did you share any of it did i did i gave i gave um some to al and chris of course they wanted more um and you said no i said no um (laughs) i had offered i had offered cake and pie because i received many cakes and pies and i was like you can have this because i knew a good cake was coming so Mm -hmm. you you may have this but and the the other thing that's cool and i'm gonna have to keep my eye out on it um speaking of milk because that's the cake that jamie yeah uh, it's the milk bar the uh the i forget that woman's name christina something it's like tossy christina tossy yeah christina tossy yeah she developed this website i think she had a restaurant at some point it was called milk bar but it's literally the best frosting you'll ever have in your life it's unbelievable and so she um as i mentioned before it's the season finale of ted lasso and one of the plot devices on Ted Lasso is that he makes biscuits to try to yes. win people over. Uh-huh, I've seen this in little boxes. Yes. And today she was she made biscuits and they were available for sale in New York and L.A., which I'm not near either of those. But she is thinking about trying to develop a Ted Lasso type biscuit for purchase. Oh, man. I know what I'm getting you for your birthday next I year. Know. So it's like, woo. Lasso biscuits. I mean, I because they Laskets. do look delicious. Laskets. That's it. <laughs> Did you hear that, Christina Tossi? She's listening. She's she still is not listening. Definitely, not definitely listening. not listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so but yeah, let's, it was um, it was a bad performance. Yeah, it was a yeah. bad movie. It it's something. Let's never speak of it again. Yeah. Sounds sounds like traumatic. I mean, by comparison, we're going to do Kate now. By comparison, Kate's going to be amazing. Well, Kate looks um, like an Oscar winner yeah. compared to this. It's like high art. Yeah. Um. So Kate was like um, the female version of this movie that had Jason Statham in it called, I think it was called Crank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, isn't that the movie where he had to keep running or he would die? Yes. <laughs> so Kate reminded me of that where... And we're really not giving anything away here, people. Kate knows she's dying at the end of this movie, and she knows it fairly early on. And that's probably, like, the one big spoiler we'll give away, but honestly, that's ten minutes in. So, you know she's gonna die. Um, and I think thus, also in the, uh, the description. Yeah, I, it's, it's really not a secret. Um, and so, you know, you've got one night to live. How many people can you kill? Uh, is kind of the, uh, the idea. 
The big thing for me about Kate was that it was Kate is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And all I can see when I look at her is Ramona from Scott Pilgrim. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, Ramona grew up and she turned into Sigourney Weaver. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. Cause I'm like, it's Ripley. Yeah. That's what she looks like. She's got the haircut and everything. It's like Ripley all over again. We should put her in an alien movie. Because I don't know if you know this, but that's what females do when they're faced with dire circumstances. They don't have time. Yeah, they don't have time to do their hair. Yeah. need to cut it off. My hair is like two and a half feet long at this point, and I still don't have time to do it. It just sits there. Yeah. But do you notice they always cut it in a perfect manner? Oh, yeah. And with, like, the biggest, this is a knife kind of knife. Yes. (laughs) Or, like, the bluntest instrument. Right, like a fork. Yeah, <laughs> they're just forking their hair right off. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, little mermaid. Like they're like, okay. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But um anyway, I I enjoyed Kate. Uh I thought it was fun for what it was. Um, I thought that the little girl that they had who played Annie was horribly irritating, but that yeah. that was the whole point of Annie was to be as irritating as possible. Um and I you know, I, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it probably about the same as I enjoyed Gunpowder Milkshake. You know, it was had that kind of feel to it. I thought that some of the fight scenes were really sort of John Wick kind of-esque, very brutal. Um, they also did a little bit of this thing that I like where uh, you could see her visibly, uh, visibly getting very tired while fighting, which was very mm-hmm. realistic because she was also dying. Um, but like, you know, what that sort of desperation fight scene would look like, you know, um, and I thought that was, that was all really well done. Um, I liked the lighting. I thought it had really cool neon lighting effects, um, especially towards the end. And I had no issue with Kate. I thought it was really fun. What are uh, some of your thoughts on it? I mean, I liked it because I knew nothing about it, uh, going into it. And I like (laughs) this is going to sound strange. I like the fact that it was irreversible radiation poisoning, because I think a lot of movies are like, we have to figure out an antidote. And they were just like, there is no antidote. You're going to die. Yep. Deal with it. Yep. So I I like that, too, because even like my husband walked in while I was watching it and he was like, oh, they'll find some way to bring her back. I'm like, not from this, honey. (laughs) <laughs> I Not because th- that's how we've been conditioned when we watch a movie. It's like, oh yeah. no, no, there's gonna be something. They're gonna find some sort of injection. Um, I mean, she did find ways to prolong her life, and every time she pulled out one of those needles, I'm just like, ah, because she's just like jamming it to I try that to. Was just adrenaline. Was that not? Just is that adrenaline? what it is? I don't know I, what it was. That was the impression I got, and I'm not sure. Like, or maybe morphine. I have no idea what it was, but I'm like, I do not want to be injecting myself. It was an adrenaline morphine cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really sure. But yeah, it was obviously something that basically just kept her upright. Yeah, kept her going until, you know, she could finish. Yeah, finish the job. Finish her job. I will say that there were two twists towards the end of this movie. One of them I thought was predictable from the first five minutes of the movie. The other one I didn't see coming. So I don't know. I don't think we really want to mention those. No, uh, because I mean. But yeah, one of them I thought was really good. The other one I thought was like, well, obviously, this is the thing that happened. Right. 
And I think we're not talking about some of the other players in the film, but you can probably piece it together. I did want to say that one of the characters in the film looked very familiar to me, and I'm much better at faces than I am names. And I looked it up, and he played Boss Tanaka in Kill Bill Volume 1. And for those (laughs) of you who don't know who he is, he's the one that Lucy Liu cut his head off while she was standing and giving a speech in the conference room. Mm-hmm. So um, other people besides me will actually appreciate that a lot more. But I yeah. know I know it's, there's some big Kill Bill fans who listen to this pod. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's because it's sort of your introduction to the Lucy Liu character in mm-hmm. Kill Bill. And you see how ruthless she is. Um, but I, I also I know it's kind of a trope, but I like the fact that she was just looking for her lemon soda. The entire time. And hey, it was like, you know, I'm going to tell you my thought on that. What? I think that that was based off a real soda from Japan. Now, I'm trying to remember what they called it in Kate, but it was a double word. Yeah, it was it, like, oh, I know it was lemon. Yeah. So in Japan, there's a soda that's called CC Lemon. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a play. Like they couldn't actually say, you know, due to whatever trademark or not getting permission or whatever. They couldn't actually say CC Lemon. So I think she said something that was similar to that, like, you know, dog, dog, lemon. You know, it was a double word. I think you were meant to, if you knew that soda, I think you were meant to pick up on the fact that she she was actually asking for what was a real soda in Japan. And the funny thing was, the first time I went to Japan, I was still drinking soda, and I probably had 50 of those. Oh, wow. <laughs> They're really good. <laughs> wow. I know, and it looked when she, I'm not going to reveal whether or not she gets it or not, but you're just like, I. the same thing with you. I don't, I'm not drinking soda right now, but I wanted to drink that soda. Yeah, watching her talk about that, I wanted a CC lemon. I was like, oh, I bet you that's supposed to be CC lemon, and now I want one more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I thought that I heard somewhere that this movie got some flack from Japanese audiences, like they weren't super into this, and I... I will admit that I didn't really read up enough to get what the complaints were. Um, personally, I thought that they were pretty, I, I'm, I don't know if respectful is the right word, but I didn't feel like they were disrespectful of Japan or Japanese culture, but it's very possible I'm missing something. That's true, yeah. I I I liked the the setting being in Japan. I I liked, you know, the real skinny kind of hallways and alleyways and how they played into it. The neon lighting was really good. Um, there were a few Japanese landmarks that popped up um, places I'd actually been, which I thought was, that's always fun, right? When you're like watching a movie, I know like, that place. There. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I like the Japan as a setting. I didn't have any issue with it, but there may be some people who took um, issue with the setting, uh, but, but it was, you know, based in Yakuza. So that could be part of it. And yeah, it could. I mean, everything that's evil in Japan is the Yakuza. So maybe yeah. that's that's why people are like, can you pick something else? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, maybe I, I that's mean, what it is. Maybe it's like overkill. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure. But I, I, I did like it. I did like the way, like you said, her body was disintegrating as yeah. it went as it went along. Um, she's not in, in good health. We know that there's no happy ending that's mm-hmm. that's coming toward it, even though it is just a gender swap. I I did like seeing her uh, kick butt. I did. 
and and take names and you know it was something that I probably wouldn't have watched if it hadn't been on Netflix but yeah. I mean I I'm one of the the suckers for like good music in a fight sequence and I think that they it, that Kate had some really good music yeah, including well. some like crazy, like hard Japanese hard rock and yes. different things, and yeah, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would so, definitely yeah. give it. I would give it a thumbs up. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying, oh my goodness, come award season, it's no. going to dominate. But if you're looking for a, a a twist on a common movie, because this is not the first movie of its kind where no. individuals are faced with their death and only have hours to live and yeah. go out and try to find who wronged them. But I think it was a, it, you know, it was a fresh take on it. And I'm actually reading, I'm reading in, um, in an article from the guardian that I guess Netflix has two more action thrillers like Kate on the way. And it's going to be uh, Jennifer Lopez in one and Jessica Alba in another. Okay. And here, here's, my concern is we can't have too many of these, you know. What I mean? Yeah, I know. I'm all for employing women, but make sure they're a little different. Do like sci-fi one. Do a fantasy it, one. Right. I mean, do because... a spooky one. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving away our show for next. Sorry, time. sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, but then you know, then again, when you think about it, like S- Stallone and Schwarzenegger, yeah, they, these. they crank these out all the time. Yeah, and Van Damme. They did the same movies over and over again, and it was the three of them. Steven Seagal did oh, all geez. of those actions. Yeah. He it's was awesome. his whole career. Yeah. So, I mean, you know what? If there can be four of those, come on board. Mm. Come on board. I think, I think, if anything, if Mary Elizabeth Winstead wants to be an action star, this movie has proven that she could do it. Mm-hmm. So, if she does want to go on and do an Alien movie, I'm all for it. Let her go do it. I, Sigour- think, I want Sigourney Weaver to bless. I know, it, right? Because they look like they were related. So <laughs> yes, they did. The way they um, like stripped her down. I mean, yeah, the tank top and everything. Exactly. Yeah. And even when her eye went, well, this is not for <laughs> yeah. um the al- alien, but when her eye went red, it reminded me of the Terminator. It did. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that that was on purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was almost like weird symbolism. Um. But I, I think she did a better job as an action star than the girl from Gunpowder Milkshake, who's Karen, Karen Gilliam. Gilliam. Yeah. yeah. I, I she was fine, and I know she can do action, but I feel like in that particular movie, she didn't impress me as much as uh, Kate. Yeah, I almost wonder, like, if you flipped Mary Elizabeth Winstead into Gunpowder Milkshake, she probably has more of a... a personality i want to yeah, i mean no, yeah, i don't did. know i mean, she was playing a similar character but i didn't have any of the issues with her character and kate that i did with gunpowder milkshake because in gunpowder milkshake it came across as so flat right and in kate she was still a very stoic sniper lady but it didn't it didn't have that feeling that of it being very flat yeah they were both cold-blooded assassins yeah and mm-hmm. i don't know like i'm really just kind of replacing her in it and maybe she would have done better with you know Angela Bassett and you know Carla Gugino yeah then because I mean if you think about it now that we're dissecting it I mean there were both small children in it I thought Mary Elizabeth Winstead had a better rapport 
with her small child. Yes. Then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. it's interesting. Um, Something to consider. I will take more female action movies, though. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do it. Um, Cool. So two thumbs up, basically. It's fine. I guess Kate is great. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one more to go. I'm going to um, move on to the best game oh ever. Oh, God. This game was so good. Okay. So what is it? What's it about? Okay. Uh, you, I think you're going to actually be kind of fascinated by this. So this game is called The Forgotten City, and it's basically a detective game. But um, And I want to be really careful what I say about this because I, I think everybody in the world should play this game. <laughs> so I want to make it so that you can and I don't give too much away. But basically what happens is it's a first-person game. So you are the camera, if you will. So it's very much like you are very involved in the game and you feel like you're there. And you kind of wake up, if you will, on the side of this river and you have been rescued or pulled out of this river by this woman. And she says, I thought you were going to drown. I pulled you out. You know, do you remember anything? And you kind of all foggy on memory. And she says, well, there's this cave over here and it looks like it's got some old ruins in it. And a friend of mine just went up there. You know, why don't you basically go take a walk? You can go up there and see if you can find my friend. Uh, maybe you'll remember your past or whatever. Like she she kind of really wants you to go in this cave. And it's a little bit suspicious, but, you know, it's Sounds a game. Suspicious. So I know yeah. someone's like, hey, come in the cave. I'd be like, yeah, Why? go. So you go in the Why? cave. OK. Now, everything up until that point feels very modern. And when you get in the cave, you can tell that these are ancient ruins in here. You know, they're very old ruins um, and they look like real mixed metaphors, like real weird looking ruins um, and also skeletons of people. And you're walking through this and you come to this like, I think it was like a bluish kind of portal looking thing. So why the heck not? We'll just <laughs> walk through the portal. Um, and I can't remember if like the floor also gave away and you were kind of forced into it. But anyway, you end up in the portal. The portal sends you back to ancient Rome where oh. you are in a city that is completely walled off. Like the the rock walls are very high and very um, sheer. And it's unclimbable. It's like a city in the middle of a volcano kind of a thing. So you're in there. It's ancient Rome. You can't get out. You can't go back. You can't leave. However, you're also expected. And this man greets you. And I want to say he had like a really Roman name. It was like Septimus or something. Um, and he's like, look. I summoned you here. I have a spell from the gods. You're here to help me solve a crime that hasn't been committed yet. And the basic idea behind this forgotten city is you find out that it is known as the city without sin, where if anyone commits a sin in the city, everyone will be killed. The guy who runs it, who's like the mayor, is this like Septimus guy. He's convinced that somebody is about to sin and he wants you to find out who it is before they do it. So oh. you are now a detective trying to figure out who is going to commit a crime, what crime it is, why they're going to commit it and stop them before they do it. You have 22 suspects. Oh, right. This was so far up my alley. I was like, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> 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 so you're literally you know 
And here's the thing. Part of the spell that this guy Septimus has, because if somebody commits a sin, everyone will die. They call it the golden rule. Because if somebody commits a sin, everyone will die. Part of the spell he has allows him, if this goes down, to reset the day. Now, weirdly, you're the only one who seems to remember that the day reset, but Septimus every day knows that he can reset the day. So the day has a timer on it, but it's a very generous timer. I think you can probably play a couple of hours before, you know, suddenly this booming voice will come down that says the many will be punished for the sins of the one or something like that. And then all these golden statues that are all around the city will come to life and just shoot everyone with arrows and they all die. Oh, so when that happens, you have to run like the Dickens <laughs> for this portal again. You go back through it and the day resets. Now, what made this so much better than 12 minutes, which, as you will recall, also had a day reset, was how forgiving it was for one information that you remembered or had. And two, it was the absolute brilliance of the gameplay and the variety of it. So for the first of one, there's a guy that meets you at the very beginning of the city um, when you first get there. He's a real nice guy, very sweet, very um, optimistic and outgoing and bright. And as you figure stuff out, you can literally walk up to him at the beginning of any new day and say, my man, I need you to do the following six things. Don't ask any questions. And he'll be like, "Okay," (laughs) and he'll run off with him. So you can preserve everything that you figured out from the previous day by having this guy like run his errands and they'll come up every new day. The second thing that made this so awesome was the variety of gameplay, because like, first of all, it's a lot of like deduction and talking. And so I'll talk to like person A, person A will give me some information about person B and then I'll go talk to person B and they'll give me some information about person C and then person C will give me a key. What do I do with that? And then, you know, all this stuff. So let me give you an example, and I'll give you one that's not super consequential. So one of the people you can help in the city is a guy who thinks that he's about to have violence committed against him because he's gay and somebody is like painting gay slurs on his store and around his you know place where he lives. I thought it was going to be Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm, like no. this guy Brutus is following him, but never mind. I know, right? Yeah, nobody, nobody really well known in this. Um <laughs> Just a bunch of poor schlubs. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so you eventually figure out that the person who's painting the slurs has a medical condition. And then you can eventually get something that will help this guy's medical condition in a different way. And if you have your little errand runner guy give the item to the doctor who's in the city, she'll treat the guy with the medical condition. He'll be less angry and he won't paint the slurs. So that solves a potential crime because now the guy in the store doesn't think any violence will be committed against him because there's been no slurs. Does that make sense? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And you can kind of do all of that with like all the people in there. It's like one thing will lead into the next, will lead into the next. There's also combat with this bow that you get. And I don't want to say too much about it, except that the game actually allows you to to bow out they will let you like not, <laughs> uh-huh, wow they will like, <laughs> not do the combat any of you out there who are going to play this game do the combat 
it's amazing. It's really? the best part. Oh my God, they send you into this super creepy area with these creepy things and there's a lot of creepy and they, all you have is this bow and oh, it's so good. Anyway. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like the Coliseum and there's going to be lions and whatnot. No? No. Okay. okay. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. So like I'm, I'm trying to figure all of this out and, you know, I don't know how much more I want to say other than maybe two things. First, this was made by a very, very small team of people. Um, the, 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 the dev is called Modern Storyteller, I believe. Modern Storyteller, yeah. Um, and there's three of them. And I want to say that, like, uh, Two of the three were hired by the th- by the first guy. So the the main guy's name is Nick Pierce, I believe, and he actually developed uh, the Forgotten City almost by himself. Wow. And then he hired two other guys to basically help him finish it. Um, but it's like these three dudes from Australia, and that's it. And they put together this thing that has some of the. It's like one of the highest rated games like if you go on steam where all these games are it's rated right now as overwhelmingly positive like and that's how oh, something you very rarely rarely see so um he he basically did this by himself it's like the only thing he's ever done um is this game and yeah overwhelmingly positive with almost 3000 reviews so you know very very well received kind of thing the only other thing I want to say about this game is I was so into it. It's not very long. I was able to beat it and I checked my Steam playtime and it's a little over 10 hours. So it took me a little over 10 hours of real world time to beat it. But in in-game time, I beat it in three days. And oh. I felt so good about myself. <laughs> yeah. Because at one point, Septimus talks about someone else who tried to do this for him. And, you know, the person who came before you spent years trying to figure out the crimes. And I did it in three days. And I felt like I felt like the woman. You're like, (laughs) I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I was feeling pretty good about myself. Um, But I would say, you know, anyone who likes that like detective deduction kind of stuff wants to solve a mystery. This is easily the best one I've ever played. And I mean, like I've played a lot of the Sherlock Holmes games. They can't touch this. Um, It's just that good. It's so well written. The voice acting is unbelievable. I don't know where you got all these voice actors, but they're excellent. And so it really, it really helps because it's a lot of talking and a lot of listening to people and it helps when they sound good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not distracting. No. Um, and it's just really, really great. And I, I cannot recommend this game enough. So um, The Forgotten City, I will give all of my digits, fingers and thumbs and toes straight up. <laughs> <laughs> so um, have you played any other games by these developers or do this they have it. any? This is the only thing. They've oh, done. the only one. So yeah. you're hooked now. You're hooked. For- I mean, if they make something else, I will probably play it immediately um you know to give them support but uh yeah so far it's just this so yeah oh. looking forward to the future guys they might actually be listening 
we'll we'll send it to them you know i can i have their email (laughs) you'll get a response i know right maybe i will (laughs) so like are there different variations of what you can do when you go in um yes you i mean and you can do all kinds of different things and like at one point i totally killed someone just to see (gasps) what would happen Killed some wow. That's what you do in a video game just to see what happens. I'm learning a lot about you right now. I wanted to see if the golden rule also applied to me, right? (laughs) Might as well kill somebody while I'm here. Hey, I killed someone who totally deserved it. (laughs) Okay, what are you, Dexter? Like you're like, I only kill people who deserve it. Absolutely. And I know so much about these people, I knew exactly why they deserved it. But, um, yes, the golden rule does apply to you. <laughs> when you kill someone, the booming godlike voice says, the many shall be punished for the sins of the one. And then you got to run through the portal again. And but, you're like, damn it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> wow. So that is that is I think this is like the most excited I've heard you speak yeah. about a game. It's so good. I mean, you should you should have seen Damien as I as I was playing it and he was sitting next to me and I was literally doing that thing where I was like, woo, like, just like, <laughs> like doing little dances and stuff. Oh, man, I'm just picturing it. Just, yeah. Oh, my God. Good times. <laughs> I mean, he bought it for me, so he was so happy that I enjoyed it as much as I did. <laughs> but good yeah. job. Good job, Damien. Yep, he did good. Uh, all right. Shall we uh, move into our three things that stood out? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Um. So, have you seen Nailed It season six? I I have. I the show. I mean, they're all your formulaic shows, your cooking shows now. But there is mm-hmm. just something just so hilarious about you know the combination of Nicole Byer and Jacques Torres, and they always have a great uh, guest judge. And their chemistry is so good. And it's so bizarre, but it's so good. <laughs> it really, it really, really is. And poor Wiss. He's constantly Wiss. Um, <laughs> it, it, and like, at this point, everyone knows, all the contestants know what they're in for. And we know what we're in for because these are not, these are not professional bakers. They are not good. Though they did allow some individuals with baking backgrounds in, which kind of um, upset me. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I did. I did think that that wasn't fantastic. Uh, I I want I want the most amateur of amateurs on my nailed it. Yeah. And they, I did laugh. There was one contestant this season that was praying to Beyonce as yes. she was preparing. <laughs> <laughs> like Nicole Byer, deadpan says, "Did she pass?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's just like that sort of stuff. <laughs> I laugh so hard. I think the first episode of the season was the one that cracked me up the most. It, it um, really was. Yeah. But I did also like the uh, tribute to Nicole being nominated for an Emmy. Like they did like yes. a whole, like she basically designed a whole episode. They let her design one because she was nominated for an Emmy. That and was kind of fun. And let's just say that she is the first black woman to be nominated in that category. And it's like, what is wrong with us as a society? And it's 2021. Things. Many things are wrong. Oh, so many things. I was just so like, are you, things. I was just like, are you serious? Yeah, I know. I know. 
But um, oh, and she had Wayne Brady as a guest judge, which I thought was great. I she, love Wayne Brady. <laughs> Wayne Brady. I still can't get over Wayne Brady. Did you? Did, um, you probably didn't. Uh, because I, I don't. Didn't. I can guarantee yeah. it. What is it? <laughs> the, the Chappelle Show. Oh, actually, okay. I have seen some of the Chappelle Show. Did you see the Wayne Brady episode? Yes, but we can't repeat it because it's no, not family can't. friendly. It's not family friendly, but that's all I can think of when I see Wayne Brady mm-hmm. and um, people. You can always just look it up on the on. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's on YouTube at this point. Yeah. But Wayne Brady, everyone loves him. He's great. He's super smiling. He's on Whose Line Is It Anyway? He had a talk show host. He was a talk show host at some time. And mm-hmm. it was like, he's not who you think he is. Like, that was the skit. He was like the darkest person. Yeah, yeah in the world like a drug dealer or something yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was basically like a mafia don mm-hmm. like anything that's, that's all i think of when i see wayne brady and it still makes me laugh um i also like june diane Raphael on that uh she's on grace and frankie mm-hmm. as well and she's just got like this biting sort of commentary I like deadpan kind of yes. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, i love the jack mcbrayer was on mm-hmm. in it like from 30 rock because he's so- i also love that they just like randomly called was it jason manzanukis yes yes <laughs> just randomly called him in the middle of an episode <laughs> and he was so funny when they were flashing back mm-hmm. to the, the camera guy like not mm-hmm. being able to hold it together and he's like yep. is he still working there huh yep. <laughs> he like walks off the set <laughs> it's just like yeah long story short i don't care how formulaic this show is make 20 more please just do it it. it, that's the one negative is it comes out and there's only six episodes and they're 30 minutes each and no matter how hard you try not to watch them they are the best things to watch after a long day when you just want to laugh so you go through them so fast it's true yeah it's really hard not to. It's really, yeah. really hard not to. So more nailed it. And we're actually, we'll have to discuss not this one, this show, but maybe in a couple shows, uh, Great British Bake Off is back. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. I'm so waiting I've, for a few more to come out. Is it? This is a weekly one, right? Yeah, it's the weekly one. So we're, yeah. we're I want a few more to come out, and then I'll just binge them all. I think it's the third. Yeah, it's the third. Okay. Episode. So you're still getting to know the bakers. There's because you do start off with an unwieldy number and you get to know more of them as they get uh, cut down. You, you the first like three that go are so easily forgettable. I it's like who's that guy? And even when they come back at the end for like the grand finale, yeah. it's like oh yeah, oh, they yeah, were that guy. <laughs> they were totally on the show, but. So, but we'll have to discuss that as it gets closer. And the the thing that I hate is I believe the Great British Bake Off is on a few days before Netflix shows it. Oh, so, so all the spoilers come out online. Yes. So depending on like what forums you use. Darn you, internet. Media, exactly. What social media things you have to, you have to avoid it. Um, okay. Yeah. Good to know. Well, Tell me about Only Murders in the Building. What is this? Is this a podcast? It is. So it's a hilarious show on Hulu. It's another 30-minute show. Oh, yeah. I don't have Hulu. Okay. So what is this? It's so good. So essentially, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez are tenants in an apartment. It's a huge apartment in New York City uh, called the Arconia. And 
simply a murder happens in the building. And it turns out that the three uh, main characters decide through a series of, of hilarious events, they realize that they listen to the same true crime podcast and they decide that they are going to create their own podcast and try to solve the mystery of who killed Tim Kono in the building. And the cast is, is amazing. The writing is sharp. It is just something that is so, so funny. It's so clever. And it's also the best way for me to spread word about our podcast. Cause it's like, Oh, like we talk about, Oh, you're watching only murders in the building. It's like, yeah. And you talk about it. You have theories about who the killer is. And then I'm like, did I tell you that I have a podcast? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but it, it really, really is the, the cast is great from top to bottom. Um, and there's kind of like this um, generational aspect to it where you have Martin Shore and Steve Martin are on the older side, Selena Gomez on the younger side. She's trying to teach them how to text, um, how to get their phones out of airplane mode. Like it's, <laughs> it's the dumb, like it's stupid, stupid things. Um, and, but it is just so funny. So there is, you know, there's a case to be cracked, a murder to be solved. And each episode is smarter and funnier than the last. And there's two episodes left in the whole uh, 10 episode season. And I honestly cannot wait to watch it. it. It comes out on Tuesdays. First thing I do when I get out of work on Tuesday night is I watch it. It's that good. It's that snappy. And it's just um, I can't speak more highly of it. So check it out if you have Hulu. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. That sounds like something that I probably would watch. <laughs> You know what? You might have to give you my Hulu account <gasps> if you, yeah. Scandal. It's that good. It's that good. It's that <laughs> All right, good. Cool. Don't listen. Well, it's Disney. I mean, Disney. We already had words with Disney. Oh, we've had so many they own, words. Yeah, they own Hulu. So whatever. They're I'm not sh- listening. Yeah, they're no, they're not <laughs> listening. They're counting their money. Yeah. Somewhere. They can't hear us over the sound of their money. They're Scrooge McDucking it into their money right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Almost done. We've got one more. Um, I'm going to briefly talk about uh, Star Wars visions here. Um, I know this wasn't really your thing. Was it the anime style or? It, it was the an- it was the anime style and each and I watched two episodes and I talked to my brother-in-law Chris about it. Mm-hmm. And he has he had been watching it and he started saying like the first episode reminded me of and he started naming all these different anime styles and like i'm like i have no reference point yeah yeah so what it is i'm like i i you know i can watch the side stories i'm like i but i feel like i'm doing it a just a disservice because i've never watched anime before i feel like this is definitely a coexisting for star wars fans and anime fans and if you're a fan of both this is really something special if you're a fan of one and not the other it's a little bit weird like I can see anime people who know nothing about Star Wars maybe enjoying this more than Star Wars people who know nothing about anime. Do you know what I mean? Right. But um, I'm going to quickly just do my top three, since that's a theme, apparently. (laughs) Um, In descending order, number three, I really liked the first one, which was called The Duel. I did Uh, watch that. Yeah, this one didn't have much of a story, but it was so stylized. And I just really liked the samurai 
Jedi crossover. I thought that was kind of really fun and I don't know. I really liked that. I thought that was a real neat style. I mean, did you did you enjoy that stylistically at all or was it too weird? I, I had to get used to it. Yeah, it is definitely shocking. It was a little it was a little rough. I, I like the story aspect yeah. of it. So I, I mean, did they're short, it. so easy to digest. And then when I watched the second one, I'm like, oh, this that is was like the worst different. one. <laughs> OK, so maybe I should watch. Maybe I should just watch your top three because I, think I watched, you should. Yeah, the yeah. second one, I was like, OK, this looks more like the anime that I've just seen, like the bubblegum sort of. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's like the correct terminology for it. Weirdly, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was the voice of that main character in the second one. <laughs> really? I did because I did look I did look up like the the cast for it and it's huge because there are mm-hmm. what nine episodes and yep. there are a bunch of it's not just one person. I mm-hmm. mean there's a huge cast in each episode. So mm-hmm. wow, okay. Another wow. I gotta practice my own Wilson wow. 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 <laughs> you got it. I don't All think right. I'm that much better. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so number two in the top three um was the village bride for me. And I like this one for two reasons. I'll try to be vague in case you watch these. But okay, um, yeah. the first reason why I liked it is that I always liked when the Star Wars universe dabbles in ideas of the Force that goes beyond just Jedis and Sith using the Force. So, for example, if you saw Rogue One, you had um, a character who was blind, who was very Force sensitive, but not a Jedi. But he could obviously manipulate the Force a little bit because he had connection to it but he was never trained in the village bride it's like a whole planet who's the natives of that planet are obviously quite force sensitive but they don't even know what the force is they to them it's just nature and if they are very in tune with nature nature is in tune with them it's really the force but it's not to them you know what i mean they they have their own like little um you know, customs and things. And I I liked that take on the idea of the force. And then the other thing that I like about the village bride, which is something that happens not very often, but I've heard is actually a fairly big part of star Wars canon is that not everyone is supposed to know what a Jedi is. Um, This is actually a fairly rare thing, mythological almost. And there are times in the universe where there aren't any Jedi or any Sith at all. And all of this would kind of fall into legend and, you know, if you walked up to someone and said, I'm a Jedi, they would be like, I don't know what that is. You know, is that like a chef? What is that? You know, Um, and the village bride has that in it where there is a Jedi, but nobody knows what a Jedi is. And I've heard that that's quite common, actually, and should probably be more common in things that we see done in the Star Wars universe. And I want to say in the Mandalorian, wasn't there a part where somebody talked about Jedis and the Mandalorian didn't know what it was. I could be making this up, but no, I th- I think there there was. I'm not sure if it's like because there were no Jedi. I can't remember if they didn't exist. Yeah, but or this, this is, they were like a myth, heard, right? And I think this is should be more common than what we see. Um, and so that's what I liked about the Village Bride. Um, and it told a really good story very quickly. And then my number one, and this is like number one by far. I actually watched this one twice was called The Ninth Jedi. And The Ninth Jedi is about um, a a, a man who is uh, wanting to train some Jedis or bring the Jedi Order back from the dead, if you will. And so he invites a number of Force-sensitive people to this temple 
so that he can present them with lightsabers and train them. And having a lightsaber is like, not only is it forbidden, but it's basically a lost art. And there's nobody really even knows how to make them anymore. So there's this one lightsaber smith, like a saber smith, who makes a bunch of lightsabers and he tasks his daughter with bringing them to this temple. Um, and I won't say why he didn't do it himself. And I won't really say anything else because this one actually told, in my mind, the best story. And it had two twists in it. And it was like 17 minutes long. It managed to do two twists and I didn't see either of them coming. Oh. So it got me twice in 17 minutes. And that is a rare thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, like oh, and so you I got me good. To, yeah, no, I showed this one to Damien and he even agreed this was the best one by far. Um, and the other thing that I really liked about this one was how they symbolically played off the color of the lightsabers. And I feel like the Star Wars canon should just adopt this. It was basically, if you were a true Jedi at heart or soul, your lightsaber, when you held it, turned blue. If you were a Sith and you held the same lightsaber, it would be red. If you were a good person but not a Jedi, it would be green. And if you were a not a great person but not a Sith, it would be purple. And so you could pass the same lightsaber from person to person to person and it would change color based on their soul almost i thought that was a real interesting take huh. um and that, that's not how lightsabers work but i liked that symbolism if you will so hands down the ninth jedi was my favorite one out of all of those um and there wasn't even a contest <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i guess if you're gonna watch any maybe watch the village bride and watch the ninth jedi they're back to back episodes four and five so okay um yeah those would be the two that i think out of all of them, you might actually enjoy the most because those are definitely the ones that I enjoyed. That's cool. Okay. I'll, I mean, I can try those out. Yeah. And at, at worst, you've just wasted between both of them combined, like 42 minutes, you know, I was, I was, yeah. was going to say, I waste so much more time than that on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I do believe, wraps it up for us. Any uh, parting words or are we good to go? I think we are good to go. Uh, we will be back in your feed in a couple of weeks for our spooky Halloween episode. We're very excited about it. And yes. then we'll probably do, uh, we haven't discussed this. I'm just throwing it out there. We might do something for uh, the holiday season. Oh, definitely. I already know what the best Christmas movie of all time is. I won't don't, say it out loud. I was going to say, don't say it. We have to try to keep people tuning in. <laughs> it's so easy. I'll tell you after we're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As always, please remember to like, follow, and subscribe. You can find us on every social media that exists, probably, maybe. I don't know. Alin does the social media. Yes, but there's so always bears. Yes, always bears. It will be a Star Wars bear yes. this time around, because why not? Why not bear wars? Why not bears everywhere? All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. And as a parting word. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>